Hi, I'm David. And I'm Shay. And we are Board on the Air on CFCR, where we talk about board games and board game-related topics. On tonight's show, we'll be covering what we've been playing, and the redesigned news. Ever special. Working on it special. And for our main topic, we are going to compare our three biggest box games in our collection. Mm-hmm. The goal is we want to know, like, like these games, we've done comparisons before. Yep. These games actually aren't that similar to each similarly, similar to each other. Yep. Um, but they all come in a giant box. Yeah. And, and we're going to talk about what you get in those giant boxes, uh, if there's value in them. And... I might mention a couple other ones, too. We have, we have three kind of in mind, but I can think of a couple that we're both getting and that we have that maybe aren't as big that might be worth mentioning. For sure. Okay, let's start with what we've been playing. Mm-hmm. Shay. Yes. I, I know you are uh, a student. Yes. And, and it's final season. And it's final slash project season. Yes. So you haven't played anything. I... Don't think I've played anything in the time that we've talked. We talked about Roar and Ray already, right? Yes. Yeah. So, no, I don't think I've played anything. Okay. I have been playing a little bit. I, I play Wednesday nights with friend, or a friend and Jordan. No relation. <laughs> <laughs> and, you uh, know, you have a full-time job and, and you're actually able to, ha like, do things outside of out yes, in your I, life. Yes, I don't have as many projects due right now. Only a small few small but i have been riding my bike more so, yes uh last night or wednesday night i played a couple of small card games uh first one was lords of scotland all right uh this one is it, it was fun uh just trying to th th wrap my head around how to describe it uh, so in the middle, you have five cards that are face down. You have a deck that you're going to refresh those five cards with. And then you have three cards, which are called supporters. Uh, the supporters you get at the end of the round with whoever has the most uh, strength. Mm -hmm. uh, the cards are all made up of different clans. Uh, they're value one through 12. And each clan has a special power. Like one will, it says discard somebody else's follower. Uh, you, you're killing one of the clan members. Right. Uh, one is swap a follower with somebody else. So you could put that down and swap with somebody else. Uh, take a card. Uh, there's a whole bunch of different powers. Uh, the neat thing with this game is you get five cards off the start. And for the next you know, uh, continuation of the game, whoever gets to 40 points in supporters, that's all the five cards. You, you don't ever refresh. You don't redeal like you would in a normal hand of cards. Gotcha. So on your turn, you can take a, a follower, which is one of the five that are laid out. Uh, each round, one is going to flip over so you can see what it is. Uh, so some rounds you can not see four. Some rounds you'll see all five of them. Uh, once all five are, are flipped over, you are going to do your final turn and get your followers. But back to how you do it. So you can take a follower or you can play a follower. And playing a follower is playing them down in front of him. 
you can play that face up or face down. Uh, if you play it face down, uh, nobody knows what you're doing, right? Uh, if you play it face up and that follower has the weakest strength, so the smallest number of that clan on the board, you can use its power. So if you put like a one follower out there, nobody else can use that power for the rest of that round. Right. Uh, if all of the people down, all your followers down in front of you are the same clan, at the end of the round, you score double. Uh, so that's, that's a good way to get a lot of points. Uh, so what some people will do is they'll put their followers face down if they're all the same type, so nobody knows. Uh, usually that's reason for people to either trade with you or attack you. Right, of course. <laughs> we played two rounds, took us about an hour max, including teach. Really solid game. Uh, I actually went online to see if I could get this game because I thought it would be good for uh, my father-in-law, who is Scottish. I was literally going to ask if this is something that he would play. I, I think it would be wonderful for our group and it's a, a card game which and they like card games it's one that's got more to it than just trick taking or rummy style games uh i am going to keep looking for this one because i thought it was wonderful i may actually when Norm, norm's not looking take his coffee <laughs> we can't keep stealing games wow. <laughs> foreshadowing <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but yeah lords of scotland uh quick quick card game which is a lot of fun. Uh, the other card game we played was Arboretum. This one has been around for a long time. Uh, and the pictures on it are these beautifully illustrated trees. Uh, there's 10 different colors and 10 different types of trees. And they all rank from 1 to 8. Mm -hmm. On your turn, you're going to take two cards. You're going to play one in the tableau in front of you. And then you're going to discard one. Everybody keeps their own discard pile but you can take from anybody's discard pile, the top card, right? And then if you take that one, you can take the next card too, right? Makes sense. But uh, th So that's the timing. The timing mechanic is once that deck runs out, the game's over. Uh, and you're going to score based on your tableau in front of you and how long the, chain, or the chains are orthogonally in ascending numbers. Mm -hmm. uh, the first and last number have to be of the same type and in between can be any other colors. If they're all the same type, you get double the points. The trick to it is to score those, you have to have the highest total of that color in your hand still when the timer runs out. Oh, okay. So if I have one to eight of a color, I'm not going to be able to score that because I have none of that color in my hand, right? Uh, the other little gotcha is, say I have the eight, which is very powerful. If somebody has the one, it cancels out my eight. Oh. <laughs> there, there is a lot of this give and take. So one person can't be necessarily more powerful. Yeah. Yeah. There, it is a wonderfully designed game. It's pretty cutthroat, and at the end, you're like, I think I did good, but if you don't have the cards to be able to score it, you're screwed. So it's it really pays to be able to count cards, and by that, I mean, I know what card that person has picked up, 
Oh, so Jordan part, must have crushed at this game. He edged us out because uh, he had one really big run of all the same type. Uh, other than that, it was really close. Oh, okay. Uh, because it's only one to eight, uh, with three players, you go down to eight suits, so there's not as many. So it's only 64 cards. It's not ridiculous. Right. Uh, Arboretum, very solid game. Fantastic. Yeah. Should we uh, jump into the news? Or do you have another one you want to talk about? Uh, let's jump into the news. You want to jump into the news? Yeah. Well, I, right. I don't want to spoil all the games I've been playing. <laughs> you gotta keep. You got to keep a list before I can, I'm able to actually play. Yes. Goodness knows the next week and the week after I won't have anything. Okay. Uh, you're listening to Board on the Air on CFCR. I'm David. This is Shay Lynn. And yes. now we're going to go into the once- Award-winning news. Once award-winning. We've never won a single award for our news, but if anyone wants to make an award and give it to me, I would accept it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Shay. All right. So I have some news from last week because it was our excellent Christmas show. Um, yes. Holiday gift guide. Very um, streamlined categories. Yeah. So when uh, Dave eventually gets around to posting those, you can go back and listen to that. I think we'll do it today, probably. Yes. Today. Everything's getting posted today. I think we have... Five or six episodes to yeah. post. So you can uh, go back and listen to that if you want some gift yeah. ideas. Uh, but before I get to that news, I want to go with the big one that was coming out today in the last couple days. And that's Kickstarter and blockchain. Have uh, you heard about this? It's on I, Twitter. It's all over Twitter. It's the only thing I could find on Twitter. I saw lots of people talking about it. So the, the story of it is, and I cannot describe to you what blockchain is. Right? Like, I have a very, very base understanding of blockchain. I recommend John Oliver's video on cryptocurrencies if you want to know a little bit more about it. It was pretty good. Yeah, blockchains and NFTs are tied together. Blockchain is the the system that people use. That's what makes Bitcoin and stuff like okay. that. Like, it's the system it's based off of, which is, like, it creates, it mines bits. Yes. Right? And then they sell those. Now, what this story is, is that Kickstarter is planning on creating... A, a separate company that uses basically blockchain to you be a crowdfunding site. Okay. They don't haven't said how yet, but that's what their plan is. And then eventually move Kickstarter over to that blockchain site. That's planning to happen in late 2022, hopefully, is okay. what they've said. So basically, the board game industry, as it is, is that started to move to GameFound already yeah. is going to move oh, completely Oh, absolutely. There. People are not happy. And the reason people aren't happy is that blockchain and stuff like cryptocurrencies have been marketed as like eco-friendly, right? Because they're online. The thing is, is that computers need to mine that data and you are limited by how many computers, like how much resource you have, yeah. which means you need more to make it. And we all know that as much as we love technology, that uses a lot of energy. What well, uses power and it uses resources to make those systems. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's not actually that eco-friendly. Well, and there's countries that have banned crypto mining yep. because of the volume and stuff that it takes. Yeah, and rightfully so. There's also people who are pointing out that it, it it's a lot like a pyramid scheme and there's other issues going it's on there. It's completely a pyramid scheme. <laughs> but I don't know enough about it. But I, that's what the big news around Kickstarter was this week. 
Yeah. Um, and there, I am going to talk about some Kickstarter games, but I wanted to put that one out first because that seems to be the big thing. There's lots of people who work with board games who are not impressed and who are already saying they're planning on moving away from Kickstarter if they go through with this. Yeah, and it's funny. I saw the other day somebody called the Bitcoin the Mary Kay for 20-year-old men. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's hilarious. I love that. Um, okay. I, I thought it was so fitting. It's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, blockchain, moving into the board game community. Have fun, everybody. Uh, let's go into the actual game news. Okay. <laughs> um, so some from last week. Board and Dice have announced a couple games, two games, more in the T-series. Um, the Tekenyu is one of them. Tekenyu, Zolkin. Yeah. Yeah. More games coming out in that series. Terracotta Army, which is a... A semi-co-op game. Yeah. It's co-op where you're kind of working together to build the terracotta army. It's exactly like it sounds. But you have individual scoring and you can come out on top. Um, and then uh, Tilitum, which I think I'm pronouncing correctly, which is a dice management merchant style game. So you're getting contracts and to fulfill them you get dice which represent resources. Yeah, isn't there a, mar a market that's changing in that one as well? I think so. I didn't yeah. see too much about it. They've just kind of announced them. So Yeah, Board and Dice is one of my favorite companies. They, they put out a lot of those mid to heavy euros that I really like. Uh, the only issue with some of their games is you can't pronounce them. Yeah. And th there's some weight to them. So you're not going to play them as consistently as some of the filler stuff. Yeah. Terracotta Army interests me mainly because it sounds like there's going to be actual miniatures with them. And, like, I, I would love to play a game where my goal is to place out all of this these Terracotta Army uh, statues. It looks solid. Um, Bequest from WizKids was announced. Bequest? Bequest. Okay. Um, it's I described it, and it seemed like a game similar to Between Two Cities where you're splitting the oh, cards. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you have your deck of cards, and you're splitting them between your two neighbors. Yeah. And the goal is, like, the idea of Bequest is a supervillain died, and you're trying to get his fortune slash empire. But, and you do that by trading cards between your neighbors, and you can, you pick what one neighbor gets, and the other neighbor picks what you get, and you want to get the better cards without taking bad cards that could potentially, I think, um, get you in trouble because you're all villains, right? Yeah. Uh, that's all I kind of understand about it right now, but I think it's a really neat concept. So I'm excited to see what it looks like once we see more about it. I can't remember if... I just have written on my notes that Bequest is is announced. I don't think it's actually yeah. on Kickstarter or anything yet. No, WizKids um, it doesn't usually use Kickstarter from what I can tell. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's announced. It's not out yet. Yeah, Between Two Cities is one of those games that... I, we played a bunch for a while. Yeah. Uh, because it's really it, good with a large amount of people. Yeah, you can play with seven people. Everything's simultaneous. Plus, if you space out the people that have played it, they can help teach the yeah. people that they're yeah. playing with. It's a great game. Yeah. Um, and it's just better with more people. We it played is. it with less people. It's not as fun. It's no. better if you can have a full table of people. Yeah. Um, because it gets really funny. Okay. Um, Cryptozoic. I mentioned this uh, to you the other day, and we didn't really know what they were. Cryptozoic denounced the volume two of the Stephen Rhodes games. Uh, and I looked this up more. I looked up the Kickstarter okay. to find out what exactly it was. So Cryptozoic, or well, the Stephen Rhodes game. Stephen Rhodes is an artist okay. who does kind of retro design. So think like 90s Goosebumps, right? Like okay. it, it's very retro... Um, 
It's a little bit of big heads and yeah, stuff like like, that. like and it's it's very uh, it almost gives an eighties feel. These games because they come in a volume of three. They if you get the all three of them, they come in a slipcase. Okay. Like Star Wars, you know, like Star yep. Wars VHSs. That's what they look like. Okay. Um. So yeah, they're and they're based around basically monsters. Uh, you got cryptozoology for beginners, living well is the best revenge, and let's call the exorcist is the name of them. Nice. This is volume two. In this Kickstarter, you could also get the volume one games. Okay. And if you get them all together, they both come in their own slipcases, and they're actually not that expensive. I think if you just want to get the three, it's like fifty-five bucks. That's pretty cheap. Yeah, for three games, and yeah. they're they're very um, easy to learn games. Uh, that's something they really base these games around is that they are easy to teach. There's one that they claim like deep gameplay, teach in five minutes. Nice. So sounds kind of interesting, and the art actually looks really fun. So kind of cool. Cool. Familiar Tales from Plat Hat Games. Uh, another one that was announced. It is a co-op game. You are literally playing witches familiars, and you're raising a child. Yeah, and, and this is sort of the storybook style. It is storybook style. It reminds me of Rise of Queensdale, where it's kind of legacy style, where you're going through yeah. and improve through this kid's life, right? Yeah, That's the goal. Stuff fables, Komenon. Yeah, they, they've done a few of this stuff. Um, the art looks cute that I've seen so far. So I'll probably be looking into this one more once we get more information about it. For sure. Uh, some Kickstarter ones. Uh, Man vs. Meeple support drive is open. Yes. So this is a YouTube channel, correct? Yes. Company uh, that makes a lot of good content, and they're doing a drive on Kickstarter. What this does is if you pledge, you can get promos that they announce throughout the year because they're partnered with a lot of board game companies. Yeah. Plus, they have game bundles, so you can get certain games with all of the promos. So things like Lost Ruins of Arnak and Hadrian's Wall um, are ones that I saw that we already own, but that are on there. Fog of Love is on there as well. Yeah. So looks yeah. pretty cool. They do a lot of good stuff. I think it's worth, if you, if you watch their stuff, it's not that expensive to go and support them, and it keeps them making... Things. Yeah, this this is a, a a channel that's very much in flux. Mm -hmm. uh, Jeremy Salalis, I believe, is how he pronounced it, has left the thing. Uh, Kira was on there for about a, six months to a year. She's left with Jeremy. Uh, no real release as to why Jeremy just said he wanted a better quality of life. Uh, YouTube channel, you gonna play a lot of games if you if you want to be one of the big guys you have to yeah. it's it, it is your life and you're gonna do it a lot so he stepped away uh my issue with their kickstarter is the game bundles are cool but they only ship to the u.s oh do they i didn't yeah. see that okay that's unfortunate um but yeah. anyway if you're in the u.s you can get yeah. the game bundles and, and i like the one i like david uh i'm not a fan of ryan on the show i just i don't yeah. like his content fair enough Oh, uh, what else do I got? Uh, new maps for Maglev Metro. Uh, you got oh, really? Mechs and Monorails are the two new ones. Mechs, it's a robot city, and there's going to be literally robot mechs in there, which nice. sounds really cool. And Monorails is an amusement park. Yeah, this is a, a game that we own and really enjoyed in yep. our two plays, I believe, yeah. of it. And, yeah, more is good. <laughs> more is always good. Yeah. Beautiful production. They did a beautiful job on this game. Yeah. Uh, Devil Bunnies games on Kickstarter. Two of them. Devil Bunnies? Devil Bunnies. As, apparently, it's a series. Okay. Um, so, when I say Devil Bunnies, there's two games. Devil Bunny Needs a Ham and Devil Bunny versus the Entire Galaxy. 
Okay. Um, <laughs> and it just looks like they're just fun games. I had to say it because the name is hilarious, but they do have explanations as to what the games are. Things like um, uh, Devil Bunny Needs a Ham. You are sous chefs who try to climb the top of a skyscraper to prevent Devil Bunny from getting a ham. The reasons aren't clear, but that's the that's the theme. Okay. And versus the entire universe, you are trying to get butterflies, cowboy hats, combs, and other items before Devil Bunny is able to find them and complete his collection. If he completes it, that's the end of the universe. Uh, is it a one verse mini game? Uh, nope, two to five player. Okay. Um, it doesn't say one verse mini. Okay. Anyway, those look fun. Um, and then let's finish off with Funko. Funko Games. They have announced a Jurassic World legacy legacy game. game. Jurassic World Legacy of I is it Isla or Isla? It's Isla, right? Isla. Isla Nubar. So this is a legacy game that takes you through all five films. And yeah, that's that's what they've announced so far. It comes on Kickstarter in 2022. Okay. So it's a legacy game that's going to take you through all of the Jurassic Parks and the Jurassic Worlds trying to build the best park. Cool. And I'm assuming also get eaten by dinosaurs. Yes. There, there will always be people being eaten. But they claim that this is going to be a very replayable game. And... Tons of mystery boxes because everybody's park's going to be a little different. Cool. Yeah. Uh, one piece of information that I noticed this week. Dice Tower has a new host. Do they? A female host. Ooh. Uh, Camille Cleghorn or Camilla Cleghorn. Uh, I've only seen two videos with her. I am super stoked, super excited. Uh, a lot of the sh YouTube channels where I see where it's always been a male-dominated show where they bring on a female, a lot of the time they don't really let them talk or they talk over them or they're a little bit shy and don't... She is jumping right in there. Awesome. And, Especially with someone like Tom, right? Well, like, it's not that he's a bad guy. He's just loud. <laughs> but they're get, she, she was. I watched her with Tom and Z yesterday and she was given as much as she was getting. And I thought it was wonderful, and I think this is a great step for the Dice Tower. Absolutely. I mean, that's the thing is the Dice Tower has, other than the people who they get for, like, board game breakfast, right? Yep. It, it's male hosts, three male yep. hosts, right? And, you know, I think it's good to get more representation of women in board gaming because there is a lot of women in board gaming. Yep. But also there's a lot of women who are worried about getting into it because they think it's male-dominated, right? Well, and she, she hasn't played as much as them, of course. Yeah. But... You know, she she knows her stuff. Yeah. I can tell, you can tell she knows her stuff. It, I thought it was just two wonderful episodes, uh, both talking about uh, games in 2021 and the, uh, going through the BGG list top 100, like our eight-part series. Shameless plug. <laughs> also okay. on our Connor yeah. uh, Spotify stuff. Okay, uh, you're listening to Board on the Air and CFCR. We're going to get into our main topic. We got about uh, six minutes to talk about this. Uh, big box games. Big box games comparison. Uh, I am looking at Gloomhaven. Yep. Twilight Imperium. And technically not ours, but ours, Anachrony. It's, uh, I've been ours for a couple months because I still haven't finished the uh, the minis. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, if you're listening, I'll get them done at, at least by the end of the year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so all three of them are different games. Anachrony is a heavy Euro. Uh... Twilight Imperium is sort of a Meritrash e, and Gloomhaven is your dungeon crawl hybrid. Yeah, legacy. Yeah, legacy game. game. Yeah. Uh, all of them have a lot of content. 
Uh, Anachrony has a lot of miniatures. Twilight Imperium is has the most miniatures. And Gloomhaven has the least. It just has your character just miniatures. Just your character miniatures, yeah. Uh, Paper-wise, we go the other way. Gloomhaven's full of cardboard. <laughs> yep. Uh, Anachrony has a decent amount of cardboard. And Twilight Imperium, I would say, would have the least I think you just have your board, right? Yeah, it's your board, and there's some cards and stuff. And, but all three are solid games. I'm not going to play Twilight Imperium. Yep. But people love Twilight Imperium. My family loves Twilight Imperium. I've never played it. So we got two people who have not played it, but have seen it. Yeah. I've seen it played twice. Uh, I understand the whole mechanic. I do something. Somebody else can do something to follow me. You're you're always engaged. It's six hours, but everybody that plays it says it doesn't feel like six hours. Yeah. Uh, Anachrony was two to three. Yeah. Uh, Really. With the teach. With the teach. Really didn't feel like that. It's such a smooth game. Uh, Wonderful, wonderful game. I bought... Everything except the base game so far, <laughs> just because yeah. it's not going to be in print till early next year. Yeah. Uh, Gloomhaven, we've played. We played Gloomhaven once, and we've played Jaws of the Lion a few times, and yeah. I think we can talk about Gloomhaven after playing Jaws of the Lion, because <laughs> yes. it's the same game, it just has a teach in the first one. Yeah, the biggest difference between, between the two is you're building your maps in Gloomhaven, so setup is a lot more onerous. Yes. Than Jaws of the Line. But it's really neat because, like, there's things to flip over as you yes. as you find stuff, right? And, I mean, they have that in Jaws of the Lion, but yeah. it's it's there's a lot more tactileness yeah, in Blue Maven. Yeah, Blue Maven's very tactile, plus it's, it's spawned this whole 3D printing yeah. stuff. It's basically turning the terrain, right? Like, yeah. it's, you, you could probably buy a terrain pack for D&D and use that for Gloomhaven. Oh, for sure, because it's, it's benches, it's tables, it's yeah. chairs, uh, it's chests, that type of stuff. So, how do we compare them? Uh, cost. Let, let's, let's look let's at cost. Let's talk about cost, yeah. Uh, of the three, the most expensive is Anachrony. Yes. Because you're not just buying one box, you're buying... The box plus, or the base game plus four expansions. Yeah. Uh, Gloomhaven's a single box. Uh, Twilight Imperium's a single box plus an expansion. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's probably the closest to Anachrony. Uh, yeah. Because I think it came in at about 250 and Anachrony is going to be about... Isn't it? It's three. funny to imagine Gloomhaven as the cheapest, right? Yeah. Because, like, when I first saw the price of that game, I was like, oh my goodness, this is crazy. Because it's, what, 150 or 200 150 150 is what yeah. I paid for it. Which roughly. now seems cheap. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like, games are getting more expensive. Uh, I don't know what Frosthaven's going to come in at, but it's it's not going to be the same price as Gloomhaven. Yeah. Uh, you just can't afford that with the, the cost of shipping and all of that. Uh, components. Oh, components. I would say, well, you have to take points away from Anachrony slightly because the minis, which are the best part, are an expansion. Yes. You buy them separate. Now, they're great, um, but they are a separate piece, whereas Gloomhaven comes with the minis in it already. Yes, and so does Twilight. And so does Twilight. Now, Anachrony does have, like, and I mean, we we are borrowing the Infinity Box, which has the, I think, upgraded pieces in it. Yes. 
but I do think Anachrony's pieces are beautiful, like the triangles and everything like that, and and even just what the base pieces are. Yeah, like the Infinity Box is what we're comparing it to. Yeah. It, its componentry is wonderful. Great. Uh, but Shay's right. If you're building that Infinity Box, which I have to do because they don't make an Infinity Box anymore, it's add-ons upon add-ons upon add-ons. Yeah. Gloomhaven has everything. Now, a lot of it is cardboard. Yes. But it is still really cool, and it comes with the minis in the base game. Like, it's a big box, yep. but it's a big box from the get-go, right? Yeah, I would say out of the box, Gloomhaven, or uh, Twilight? Twilight Imperium has the most components. Definitely, or the best absolutely. Components. It's massive, yeah. right? And it has everything. Gameplay? Final ranking? Uh, Anachrony first. Yes. Because I thought it was fantastic and really easy to learn. Yep. Um, I would say maybe Gloomhaven because it's shorter than Twilight. Yep. Um, so therefore easier, but I think Jaws of the Lion is better. Yep. And then Twilight just because it's six hours long and that's not for everyone. Yeah, I would agree with that. So there's a quick overview of our three box, big box games. Uh, hope that helps. I'm David. And I'm Shay. Talk to you next week. Have a good night.